This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, do you watch America's Got Talent? I've never seen an episode. I've seen some clips online. Uh-huh. But, but you, I never you, watch you it. didn't see it this week. No, no. All missed right. It. I want to play a clip for you here. Okay. And you tell me what you think of this performance. This is a 51-year-old guy named Matt Mauser who is looking for his big break. There's so much I need to say to you. So many reasons why You're the only one Who really knew me at all Just take a look at me now Cause there's just this empty space There's nothing left here to remind me Just a memory of your face What do you think? He's not bad. He's uh, he's no Ruben Stuttered, <laughs> but he's uh, different show. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's, I'm not blown away, but uh, you think he has what it takes to win America's Got Talent? I hope not. Like he's a good karaoke singer, probably maybe in a band, but uh, there's got to be somebody that's better at something than him, right? Okay. Now he's, let he me. Seems, oh, like he's he all seems right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle of the road. Is he was he blowing people away? Well. Uh, here, here is his story, okay? This is Matt before he performed that song. Okay, Matt, so why AGT? What are you going to do today? I'm a singer. And I'm here because my wife and I, uh, we were both school teachers. And um, we retired from teaching so that I could do the music full time. On January 26th of 2020, I lost my wife. Oh, no. In the same helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant. What? Now, how do you feel about the performance, you jerk? I think he's going all the way, man. <laughs> he got four yeses from the judges. Did he? How could you not? Right? <laughs> they, yeah. ha- they have this guy tell this story about his wife uh, dying. His kids, his three kids, are standing at the side of the stage with tears in their eyes watching their dad sing. Yeah. Even if he was he, the worst singer on the planet, you'd have to let him through <laughs> yeah i guess i mean i guess that's what simon cowell's there for to give oh, the bad news occasionally uh, he doesn't do it anymore no, right? well, you, no this show it's 10 percent talent and 90 percent sob stories true you know the the clips that i do see on the internet are always not sob stories but there's always something extra on their talent it's, like, it's an autistic son who plays the piano right. or it's a, a couple it, weeks ago there was a, one that went viral it was a, the girl who was fighting cancer and she mm-hmm. was super talented but you know the story beforehand i just can't handle it it's emotionally <laughs> manipulative like, you, you hear that story and then you hear this there's song so much i need to say to you so many reasons why you're the only one. <laughs> Doesn't matter how good he sings, you're gonna start crying. Yeah. I'm sobbing. Somebody sent me this video. Stop it, by the way. Stop sending me these videos. Now ever since I became a dad, I can't handle this kind of stuff. I cry all the time by myself. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, you're going to win because of it, but you definitely have an advantage Yeah, if you've got a sad story and you're auditioning for that show. Yeah, if you're young, before you go on, try to calculate a parental divorce or something, you know, uh-huh. try to, you know, cut your arm off in a saw accident or something. <laughs> Congratulations to Jessica Springsteen, Bruce's daughter. She is headed to the uh, Tokyo Games. She's going to be <laughs> competing 
And guess what sport? Shot put. Shot. She's a shot putter. <laughs> you know, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen likes to work hard with the blue collar boys. I yeah. picture his daughter as a shot putter. Yeah, this is not really a blue collar sport. She's on the equestrian team. Oh, rich girl sport. Uh huh. Still need, cool. You need some money to get into the horses. <laughs> She's going to be riding equestrian. She's been uh, selected as one of four riders on the jumping team that is going to compete in Tokyo. Uh, U.S. Equestrian announced Monday that Jessica Springsteen would be making her Olympic debut. She's 29 years old, and she says uh, being selected fulfills a lifelong dream. Hmm. Now, I had heard that Bruce Springsteen's daughter was into equestrian and, and rode horses, and there's actual rumors that I, I've heard in the past about uh, Springsteen spending some time in southwestern Ontario at some of the the horse farms up in this area, the ranches. I, I, he bought a horse from up here, or is what I heard, or he came up here to to check out some horses. Hmm. I, I've heard Springsteen, and I've heard Patrick Swayze at one point really was up in southwestern Ontario, scouting horses or taking part in some sort of equestrian event. Yeah. I wonder if Bruce Springsteen's money can help buy better horses to get his daughter a gold medal. Like, is it the Olympic Committee alone that purchases the horses, or does Bruce Springsteen get to throw his weight around a little bit? I think you bring your horse. Is that not how it works? So if you are an equestrian rider, you don't show up in Tokyo and they have just a... A loner a horse, horse for you. Like when you go to the ro- the rodeo and you just get on whatever bull is there. Yeah, it's not bowling shoes, Jim. It's it's but the then, horse you've been training with that you probably want to be riding in the Olympics. But then she has whatever horse Bruce Springsteen bought her. Yes. So she has the, the top of the line horse. That's what I said. You take some money to get involved in this sport. You need to have a horse or access huh. to a to a very talented horse. In order to make the Olympics. Yeah, it'd just be like, if it was sprinting, like a sprinting competition, you could buy like the better shoes. You know, it just doesn't seem like an even playing field. Well, it's like pole vaulters. They bring their own poles. (laughs) I know, but I'm sure there's a big discrepancy between horses than there is between poles. You bring your own (laughs) poles. The the sailboats. True that, yeah. I guess they could all be designed you differently. You bring your own boat to the race, right? So sure. Obviously, she's going to be bringing her own horse, and obviously, Jessica Springsteen, when she competes in Tokyo, is going to be competing for the U.S. because she was... <laughs> Bill Cosby is now thinking about a comedy comeback tour. Oh, dear. You know what's disgusting? There'd be a ton of people who would go see him probably still. I bet they, uh, there's interest because he says he's been getting calls, or as people say, they've been getting calls, interest from uh, promoters to get Cosby back on the road. He was just released from prison on June 30th. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court cited legal technicalities, and they tossed out his 2018 conviction for drugging and sexually assaulting Temple University staff member Andrea Constand in uh, at Bill Cosby's home in 2004. Mm-hmm. So he got thrown out on a technicality there, and now he wants to get back into the comedy clubs and and yuck it up. Yeah, at this point, he's never admitted to fault though. So he almost like for his own sociopathic future, he almost has to go back to the comedy club and pretend like nothing happened. Yeah, how much of it is 
uh, would be like just a diatribe about how he was wrongfully convicted and how much of it would actually be funny. Yeah, I don't know. Because he's usually, I don't even know if he would touch it. Mm -hmm. I think he would just go back to his, look at me, I'm a responsible father, but then my son came up to me with his eyes and he said, that was the orange juice. And I was like, oh, the orange juice is all empty. You know, that's Bill Cosby, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I I have no idea what you just said, but... Welcome to a Cosby comedy show. Yeah, I'm laughing. And how how many times would his show be interrupted? Because before he was even convicted of this remember he did a show in london ontario yeah and people were standing up and heckling him there right in front of me and you know what I, you I, were at the show yeah the guy stood up right in front of me and just started yelling bill cosby is a rapist chanting it until he was escorted out of the building and bill cosby just after that was like everybody calm down let's all have some fun and then later that night, a girl, I, he may touch on the charges actually, because later that evening during the show, he got uh, a woman in the floor seats, got up and walked towards the stage to take a left towards the bar. Uh-huh. And then so as she got up, Bill Cosby was like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to get a drink. You want one? He goes, I don't know. Haven't you heard about not wanting to have a drink with me? <laughs> or it's not like he made a joke, but the whole crowd goes, ooh. It was very awkward. Yeah. It was awkward before he was convicted. Yeah. So I can just imagine how much fun Bill Cosby's <laughs> comeback comedy tour is going to be. Here's a headline from Global News. Iceland's four-day work week deemed an overwhelming success after trial. I like the sound of this, Jim. Mm-hmm. Four-day work week. This was the uh, the study they did. They trimmed people's work hours without trimming their pay in order to see how it would affect their health, happiness, and productivity. 2,500 workers across a variety of industries were followed from 2015 to 2019. How do you volunteer for that study? <laughs> right? Four years? Yeah, that's amazing. Even if it doesn't work, you just had a sweet four years. Absolutely. Employers would cut their work week from 40 to 35 or 36 hours, uh, so you may work a little bit longer. Uh, when you are uh, going through a work day, but only four days a week, and employees reported a dramatic improvement in their well-being, lower stress, a better work-life balance over the trial period. And now Iceland's unions are pushing to renegotiate their work patterns as a result of the trial. Also, uh, they think this study may inspire other communities, other countries to give mm. this a go, including Canada. Huh? Yeah, maybe. I think Iceland's such a small country, it's able to revolutionize things a little quicker and easier. Mm-hmm. But I was always jealous of my hydro buddies who would work four tens and then always have a long weekend. It yeah. does seem awesome. Absolutely. Well, think about how much you crave that long weekend. W- would long weekends become boring though you know what i mean the novelty would wear off the novelty would wear off i doubt it (laughs) without having that anticipation that reward factor you know every weekend's a long weekend or would you still get the long weekends or double long weekends would we still get those yeah of course you still get a holiday monday this wouldn't cancel out so we'd have four dayers i think so if you're in hydro you might have to work that monday but then you get the double time wow this is sounding better and better. I, wa- I wonder how easy it would be. I mean, for some industries, it would obviously be easier than others, but there's like retail stores and restaurants and 
businesses that are open every day of the week. Right. So I don't really know how you juggle that, but it's probably doable. I think it's worth looking into. Iceland's got it figured out. They're riding high ever since they won Eurovision, I think. <laughs> you know? Now they've yeah. been... <laughs> There's a domino effect. Yeah. Did, did that actually happen? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. Is that just like Will it. Ferrell? <laughs> I don't know. I want to believe it's real. Well, thank you for this, Iceland. I think we should uh, push our government to look into it. A four-day work week sounds pretty sweet. We were getting <laughs> messages from a lot of you yesterday about the hot jobs that you're working, and holy cow. Oh, man. I don't know how you do it, because I sweat just sitting here. <laughs> Do it next to nothing. I'm dripping. Yeah. Well, if you want to feel good about your job, just read the comments section on our Facebook page because we asked people yesterday and there's some serious hot jobs up there. Like uh, Josh worked in asphalt for years doing patchwork where you had to heat up the old asphalt, tear it up while it's hot, then add another top layer. You can't drink enough water in the day. Uh, Mike says, currently a powder metal factory. Each year, several people pass out from the heat. Uh, Heather says, a cook at Pizza Hut. We would open the back door from <laughs> some relief, LOL. I guess that pizza, it cooks the pizzas pretty fast. It yeah. must be pretty hot. I mean, even in the winter, it's got to get pretty hot in there, right? Uh, Brad says, working as a mold maker in full coveralls, and when I have to go in uh, a machine to polish, uh, remove a stuck casting, uh, that tool is being heated to over 350 degrees with an oil heater. Wow. Uh, last two jobs I had were hot. Propagation greenhouse all day would be 120 degrees Fahrenheit, 48 degrees Celsius, plus Humidex for the summer. you got to make the sacrifices if you want those big tomatoes, though, right? Sure. Tomatoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone's tomato plants doing? <laughs> wink, wink. Working at a uh, working at the ceiling of a copper foundry. I mean, that just sounds like from a movie of hot jobs. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a hot job Mad Lib right there. <laughs> the ceiling blank of a blank copper foundry. Uh, working on the railroad all the live long day. <laughs> The atmospheric heat, the humidity, combined with the heat radiating up off the slag and the cars, it got real hot that season. The soles yeah. of my boots started melting, and the metal irons would melt into them. When I picture people working on the railroad, you do that haze kind of coming off the ground. Yeah. You see the sun blaring down on them. Yeah, and then they got to go home using the pump carts. Right. Where two guys, you know, up on each end. Yeah, That's your shoes have melted. Yeah. <laughs> Not easy. Wow. Well, the good news is as we sit here in the air conditioning, uh, for all you outdoor workers, all you hot jobbers, we do have some relief coming over the next few days. Unless you're standing next to the pizza oven. Yeah, sorry about all the copper foundry workers. <laughs> yeah, unless you're on the ceiling of the old copper foundry. <laughs> hey, this could be our opportunity, Jim. I know What's we're that? always talking about how we can make money, a little side hustle. How about uh, investing in real estate? Okay. Now's the time. Right. Perfect timing right now. <laughs> There's a 7.7 hectare lot for sale in Shrewsbury, Ontario for only $99,000. Does that not sound like a great deal? 
How, how, how long was the, how big was the property? 7.7 hectares. So that's about 19 acres okay. of land for, for uh, $99,000. Unbelievable deal. Let's do it. Here's a, one little snag. I, I hope this doesn't dissuade you. Uh, it's underwater. <laughs> Pardon? It's underwater, Forever? but... <laughs> for the time being, <laughs> it's uh, on the Canadian side of Lake Erie. Oh, en- Entirely yeah. underwater. The listing says the property is presently underwater, <laughs> but could have endless possibilities in the future. You know how climate change works. Be creative. Right? Get some sandbags. Uh-huh. Are you Dutch? Figure it out. <laughs> Build yourself a dike. <laughs> yeah, you know what to do. Get your wooden shoes, start flopping around, make some uh, tulips. A houseboat is a possibility, maybe? <laughs> so you just own the water above that land? Too. Yeah, there's no land access either is the problem. So, so. Uh, like, I'm trying to picture this. There, There's no land access. Okay, so, but it still is on the Canadian side. Okay, close your You want to picture it? I'll help you. Close your eyes. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. And picture uh, water. Yeah, but I'm picturing like very, very shallow. <laughs> 19 acres of water. What? I'm, I'm picturing there a is flooded land, farm field. There's land underneath. That's so stupid. No, no, it's not a flooded farm field. Like it's not, it's not wet ground. It's ground that is underwater. I know, I know. But like when you buy a cottage, how much of the, how much of the beachfront property do you actually own? It goes in the water. A lot of places you you own up to the uh, up to where the water starts, or you own just a little bit into the water, huh. right? But you don't own <laughs> apparently this this nineteen acres that we're going to purchase to <laughs> well, develop. Yeah. In 180 years. Before somebody from Toronto goes and puts some stilts out there and builds a house on it, like it's in Singapore. Yeah. There's a possibility. Stilt houses. Yeah. We could do a stilt condominium complex. with that was like Florida in some places. A stilt, stilt mall. Sure. (laughs) You know, plazas, restaurants, all on stilts. Yeah, yeah. $99,000. I mean, you're going to be able to resell it. So if something's too good to be true, yeah. there's usually a reason why. Make sure you do your homework <laughs> <laughs> before you pull the trigger on any real estate investing. This is Owen Wilson's wow. Super Powered Wow. New episode of Loki comes out today on Disney Plus. It's the show that features Owen Wilson, now a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's meeting all sorts of superheroes here. Wow. How you doing, Owen? I'm doing great. My brother Luke is just so jealous that he's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I finally have one over him. Wow. Wow. Uh, we've got Michaela on the line from Tilsonburg. Hi, Michaela. Hi, how are you today? Good. Say hi to Owen. Hi, Owen. Wow, what a sweeney. <laughs> okay, here's how it works. We're going to listen to Owen meeting a uh, Marvel character. You guess who he's meeting enough times and we'll hook you up with some lotto tickets, okay? Okay. Who do you got in front of you there? Okay, wow. Let me check my file. Hmm. Oh, wow. 
Wow, you're a unique gal, huh? Bald, blue, beautiful. You're beautiful. Wait, what are you talking about, your Gamora sister? Shouldn't you be Sodom then? Either way, congrats on killing Thanos, even though we do frown upon patricide here at the TVA. Hmm. Any idea? Come on. Which character Owen Wilson is meeting there? Ah. Sounds like it's from space. Yeah, I got the name on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, it's like a bunch of stars clustered together or something. I don't. I'm not a scientist. Oh, I can't think of her name. Hmm. Uh, is it Nebula? Yeah. Wow. Taz knew it. Yeah. Okay, that was a tough one. Who are you meeting yeah. next, Owen All Wilson? All right. Okay. Well, sit down, big fella. Wow. Hey. Gaunt wood? <laughs> Just like a joke, you know, because you're made of wood. Uh, I don't get it, though. You're a tree come to life, but you can only say your first name. Like, what are you, a Pokemon? Come on. Come on. Maybe you can bang your sticks together and do some Morse code. Help me out here. Come on. Which Marvel that's, superhero that's is that? He is Groot! Wow. Yes! Okay, there's one. Okay, last one here. Hmm. I gotta be honest. Have a seat. I gotta be honest. Your name... Don't mean to be rude, but makes you seem like you'd be a lot more important to this universe. But kind of all you did was show up in the very last movie, gave Thor some sass, and then you left again to fight the Krills or the Crawls or the Scrolls or the Skrills. Listen, nobody really cares. Just get out of here, would you? <laughs> <laughs> That's it? What are your superpowers? You're like you're like good at everything? What are you like Superman, but you got blonde hair? I mean, come on. Hmm, I wonder if it's a male or a female wow. that he's talking to. I mean The name makes her sound like she should be a lot more important in the universe now. I don't want to put anything universe? in the Marvel universe, Taz, yeah. She's, she might be like, uh, you know, the, the leader of a boat or the leader of a team, maybe yellow <laughs> armband if she's playing in the Euro Cup. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, maybe if she was in a serial. She'd be, she'd be the crunch. She'd be, she'd be the crunch guy. Yeah. If she was uh, on an NHL team, yeah, would she possibly she'd be, be... She'd be wearing the C. Mm-hmm. I'm completely lost on Where, that one. Wearing the C. Like I said, what nobody cares someone, about this one. What do you call someone who wears a C on a hockey team? Captain. Yeah. Captain Marvel? Yeah! yeah. Wow! It wasn't that easy. Our, our apologies to Brie Larson. And it's time for a new segment here with Taz and Jim. News that makes you go... If you're a man, get ready to be uncomfortable. If you're in the room with a man, get ready to watch him squirm. Okay? <laughs> Couple stories here. Jim, did you hear about the, the guy who vertically broke his penis during sex? No, I don't like these. This is a, this is a medical first. A paper was just released about a vertical penile fracture. The only one that's ever been documented. I didn't know that horizontal was the oh, always the common way because it happens every once in a while. Yeah. It, I guess it bends sideways. It, it's usually a, a situation where you, you accidentally... It's like stubbing your toe. Yeah. You, you, you miss, right? And yeah. you hit something and then it... There is apparently a popping noise that uh, comes along with uh, breaking your... Kind of like when you snap a glow-in-the-dark stick or what do you call those? A glow stick. <laughs> a glow, yeah. 
You don't want to snap your glow stick vertically or horizontally. But it snapping vertically sounds like when a pole vaulter jams their pole and then it splinters shatters down the middle, right? It's better though, they say. Hmm. They didn't know what to expect. They got the guy got to the hospital. I explained what was going on. The MRI was done. They found that it was a vertical break, uh, tear over an inch long. So in your case, Jim, the majority of your penis. Yeah, yeah, three quarters. <laughs> and they had to do surgery to, to fix the problem. Huh. But it was successful, and they actually said that compared to the horizontal breaks that they've dealt with, the vertical break was a lot easier to fix and the mm. prognosis afterwards a lot better. Like this guy is expected to have a full recovery and he'll be able to resume sexual activity in about six months. Physically, but mentally? I don't know if yeah. he'll ever bounce back from that one. <laughs> Here's another story. Um, oh, this is a nightmare. Worse than the last one? I don't know if it's worse. Tell me which one you'd rather. Okay. Uh, 65-year-old guy in Austria is at his apartment Monday, needs to go to the washroom. He sits down on the toilet, doing his business. All of a sudden, he feels a pinch on his, uh, his manhood. Stands up. It was an albino reticulated python that came up through the toilet (laughs) and bit him. Oh, my God. I I think it was just the tip, but still. That'd be a weird thing because it's the albino reticulated snake, too. So when you stepped out of the the toilet, stepped up, you'd be confused when one started and one stopped. Yeah, those things can grow to be 30 feet long. Oh, my God. They're not native to Austria. They're native to Asia. But uh, this guy's 24-year-old neighbor is a big snake guy. Oh, it's always the snake guys. He's got 11 of them, or he had 11 of them until one went missing. And it made its way through the plumbing into the neighbor's toilet, came up, and latched on. So it never left the apartment. Oh, God. I think I'd take the break. I think I would take the break. That's news to make you go. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.